Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. Already I am outside the Caesar Superdome awaiting game one between the New Orleans Saints and Tennessee Titans. A noon kickoff right here on WWL Saints Radio. Steve Geller this morning along with Charlie Long and Cullen Steele who's in studio. Uh, Charlie, how are you hanging out there uh, holding it down at the studio right now? The regular season's here, Steve, and that's all I care about. I'm all good to go. It's early in the morning. It's 8 o'clock, but we're ready. Regular season start, two seven and ten teams looking to get off to a good start. I'm really excited to it. Hey man, out here right now, the that's like the quiet before the big storm begins here. Everybody, uh, the workers for the dome arriving. Luke, our engineer, set up the uh, fantastic WWL uh, radio broadcast. We're here between gates A and B later on at ten o'clock for the Bud Light countdown to kick off. The Cajun Cannon will be joining me uh, leading up to the big. Game one kickoff in the Caesar Superdome. And, Charlie, like you said, man, we've been waiting, obviously, all offseason, preseason, training camp, uh, talking about this black and gold team getting ready for a pretty important year. I guess they all are, but uh, new uh, leadership now out under center with a guy like Derek Carr. And uh, there's a lot of hope going into this year that he can be the guy to finally bring this team back to the playoffs after a two-year drought. Yeah, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks of preview. Now the Derek Carr era is finally underway. I know that he played a little bit in that Chiefs game as preseason doesn't count. Week one against the <laughs> Titans. I was looking at it, Steve. I mean, these two teams are so evenly like matched, and I think Vegas agrees. I think ESPN agrees. Kind of looking at it early on, uh, the ESPN analytics has the Saints as 53.4% uh, favorites in this game. Meanwhile, the Titans... 46.2% chance to win. So it is almost 50-50. And I mean, the line kind of expresses that as well. The Saints are three-point favorites in this game. And with a home field advantage, that typically accounts for two, two and a half points. Uh, so yeah, I mean, everyone thinks that these two teams are very evenly matched. I, I think everyone's expecting a pretty tight game, uh, which is really exciting to open up the season. But of course, we need that black and gold victory. Yes, indeed. Uh, I know I get my co- my day going with a cup of coffee. I was surprised to find out you are not a coffee guy. So what gets you fired up in the morning? Just football? Just football, man. I, I've, I've never <laughs> been a coffee person, so I'm just I'm just rolling. I, I'm looking at all these matchups. Yeah, I'm looking at all these matchups and uh, just just ready to go. I'm like, reviewing all the depth charts and all the different game time uh, decisions that we're going to be hearing about pretty soon. Uh, last night, Steve, I, I don't know if you saw, but Harold Landry, uh, the former all pro defensive end for the Titans is apparently back 
and and he's questionable. He's que- he's technically listed as questionable, but an NFL insider Jordan Schultz said that he's expected to make his return after missing the entire 2022 season with a torn ACL. In 2021, he was an absolute beast. 12 sacks. I think he was a, a second team. Uh, he, he was a second team, uh, actually a Pro Bowler. He wasn't an All Pro that that season, um, but he was really really solid. He missed all of last season after signing a lucrative five year, 87.5 million dollar extension, and now he's playing. Uh, into today's game which is just another test for that Saints offensive line Um, but yeah I I think it's going to be a great one yeah you talked about the offensive line and I think both of those uh, units for the Saints and the Titans are really going to get tested today Uh, we've talked about that ad nauseum I think leading up to this matchup is those are the biggest trenches uh, yeah the, the biggest concerns for both of these teams is you know, the offensive line. And for me, that was a real surprise when you look at the way the Titans are built, obviously as this, that in-the-trenches, run-first kind of team with a guy like Derrick Henry, yet the pieces around him just aren't really living up to expectations over there. And I, I think they have like a whole new starting five, huh? Yeah, it's completely revamped. So across the, the board, it's Andre Dillard, who I think was a former Eagle, Peter Skronsky, someone that Mike Dettelier and I are both very high on, a former uh, – actually, I think he played tackle in Northwestern, but they have him listed as left guard to start his NFL career, the former 11th overall pick. And then they also have uh, just three guys that, you know, most fans have maybe never even heard of. Center, they have Aaron Brewer. Right guard, they have Daniel Brunskill. And then right tackle, they have Chris Hubbard. So, yeah, it is a completely new unit. Last year's unit was just kind of terrible. I think it was one of the worst, if not the worst, in the entire NFL. Uh, so they revamped it. I still don't think it's great. <laughs> so I, I hope that the Saints can really get off to a good start on the defensive line. I know that there's been so much overhaul there in the offseason, but I think that they have the advantage against that Titans front. Um, and that's going to be a big key for the defense getting off to a good start. Uh, talking now, too, about the Saints offensive line. They locked up one of their guys to a long-term contract yesterday, taking care of a little business before game day. Yeah, Cesar Ruiz, a four-year, $44 million extension, Steve. I, I, you know, I was actually going to ask your thoughts on that um, at some point during the show, but I guess <laughs> we're getting right into it. So what do you think? Uh, definitely uh, the, the number stands out to me. Um, I, I definitely expected them to get a deal done though with Caesar, even though his rookie option was declined. Uh, that, that didn't, to me, really signal anything that they were ready to move on for him. I thought something would be in the works. It just seems like a hefty payday for a guy that we still have questions about. And, I, I mean, at least I, I guess the Saints have the confidence in him going forward, though. Uh, we, we kind of talked about it to, uh, through text or even on air. It's like this team has invested a lot of draft capital in this offensive line and are really paying guys to uh, like the top tier talent that they should be. Hopefully Ruiz is a guy now that lives up to this big money deal. Yeah. So that 11 million per year average is I think around sixth as far as right guard contracts go. Uh, It's behind Chris Lindstrom for the Falcons, Zach Martin for the Cowboys, obviously Brandon Sheriff for the Jaguars, Wyatt Teller for the Browns and then Shaq Mason for the Texans. Um, so I think he'd be slotting in at that number six spot right above Nate Davis for the Bears. It's a lot of money. I kind of agree with you. Um, you know, if he keeps improving and he can live up to that contract as a former first-round pick, then great, right? But I, <laughs> I do have my question marks. I'm excited to talk to Mike about it in just a little bit and get his thoughts on it. But Cesar Ruiz locked down until the 2027 season with a four-year, $44 million extension with a black and gold. Yeah, also saw a little bit of roster shuffling yesterday. The Saints 
uh, calling up to the active roster. Tony Jones Jr., I think we all pretty much saw that one coming uh, with the issues the Saints have had at the running back spot. Kendra Miller, a big question mark today, didn't practice all week. Uh, so not really sure if he is going to go. I, I wouldn't expect the rookie to play today after dealing with a hamstring injury all week and not being able to practice. We also saw uh, wide receiver Traquan Smith uh, finally being put on the injured reserve list. Unfortunately, you know, there had, there had been some question marks on whether we were going to see him or not. Uh, he's dealing with that groin issue for so long now in training camp, and it's just been this huge question mark. Right now, though, the team uh, placing him on IR. And sorry, the other call-up to the active roster was linebacker Ryan Connolly. Uh, really, uh, no real uh, surprise shuffling there, but was, uh, you know, the Tony Jones Jr. move, we'll see how much he really is involved in this offense today. Definitely expecting heavy dose of Jamal Williams. Heavy, heavy, heavy dose of Jamal <laughs> Williams in this game. But at the same time, I'm actually interested to see how P. Michael Jr. and the offense utilize Jamal Williams because we've seen him capable of being a pass-catching back, but he wasn't used that way in Detroit. He was used as that short down, kind of third down, and even a goal line back. But now with a new offense, he's in a new system. He's going to be the premier guy with Alvin Kamara out. And as we anticipate, Kendra Miller being out because, as you said, Steve, he hasn't practiced all week. He's listed as questionable, but that just kind of screams to me he's not playing in this week one opener. Maybe next week, maybe once he gets some practices under his belt. Uh, but with that hamstring injury, he was held out all week during practice. Don't expect him to play. So Jamal Williams is going to be that main bell cow guy. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him in his Saints debut because I think on top of just being the bell cow, as I said, he can also catch out of the backfield, and that could be a really useful tool for you know Derek Carr if, in fact, the offensive line is getting kind of beat down at the point of attack by this Tennessee Titans defensive line, which we're going to talk about ad nauseum for the next you know hour and 40 minutes leading up to the countdown to kickoff. Charlie Long and Cullen Steele in studio. I'm Steve Geller here at the Superdome already, anticipating that noon kickoff between the Saints and Titans coming up on WWL Saints Radio. 10 a.m., the Cajun Cannon will be joining me here on the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff right between gates A and B. Want you to stop by and say hi, Hoodats. Coming back after the break, Saints and college football analyst Mike Dettelier will be joining us for that Scouts Notebook, getting great insight on some players when we get back after the break right here on WWL. Who dat? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back into First Take. Time for Mike D's Notebook, brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. Happy game day, Mike D. How you doing today? I'm good. Thank you, Steve. Uh, looking at this, you know, Tennessee Titans front, we've been talking about it kind of all week. Uh, the the O-line, the big glaring weakness 
on their squad going into the matchup. What do you think is the best way for this Saints team to attack that and also the running game that we can expect going, you know, going forward here against, a, a, I guess, a I won't say a patchwork O-line, but a really completely new reworked O-line that is still a ton of questions around? Yeah, they have five new starters from a year ago. The only guy that's a starter from a year ago, uh, Austin Brewer, was starting at guard. Now he's starting at center. So uh, you wonder how that correlation will come together for them and how quickly it can come together. Their best player is Peter Skaronsky, and he was the uh, 2023 first-round pick uh, of Tennessee. He's a really good left guard, but – you know, you've you got to stack the box. And so you got to break it to a lot of more and a Debo that, hey, guys, you're going to be out on an island at times. There's going to be no help over the top because we got to stop Derrick Henry. We, we cannot let him sort of pound away, you know, 22 to 25 times and then have Tajay Spears come in. Because he's going to take some carries away from Henry. You get it because you got to give Henry a break. So you got to stack the line of scrimmage and get good inside penetration. You cannot let Derrick Henry square his shoulders and get up the field. The teams that have been successful against Henry have been the teams that have been able to get him to run east and west, not so much squared up north-south and up the field. That's when he's dangerous. So it's to get early penetration, and a lot of that's going to come by uh, Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, Malcolm Roach. Uh, I'm sure Brise is going to be part of that that mix. Uh, now, he has shown flashes as a really good interior pass rusher. But, again, you got to stop Henry, and that means – Bringing that safety in the box to give you an extra guy up front to help bring guy, uh, down the big guy. Mike, kind of looking at a player that I'm interested to see in year two, you know, we've talked a lot about Chris Olave, and rightfully so, because we all kind of anticipate him making the next step. But looking at a guy that the, the Titans drafted in that same draft in the same first round, just seven picks later, Traylon Burks. Uh, out of Arkansas, who, you know, had some kind of injury issues in his rookie season. He only started in five games. He played in 10, finished with 425 yards. But they have a lot of high expectations for him. I mean, they traded A.J. Brown to get him. So, I mean, obviously they have high expectations for him. But what's your kind of evaluation of him entering year two? Because uh, his year one was kind of marred due to injury. Yeah, and he, he finally got in shape. Uh, that was the big question mark with Traylon. Uh, at one time, he was probably in the 245 range. As a receiver, he was heavy. Got himself in shape, became a more focused player. He got hurt early for the Titans. He would have been questionable for this game, but he's practiced all week, and he's a big receiver. He's got some giddy-up after the catch, but it's his strength and his physicality. Uh, that's impressive because, you know, he can get up between arms and hands and makes a catch. But, man, he's a big man receiver. He's no small guy. 
And so when he catches the ball, you better grab onto him quickly. Where he's made, I think, uh, the biggest jump is as a route runner. I, I thought at Arkansas, one of the things you saw there, he didn't have an extended route tree. He, he ran just a few routes, but he ran them all real good. Now, in the NFL, it's a little bit different story. He's gotten better at that stage. And, again, he's coming off a knee injury he sustained early uh, in training camp and into the preseason. So he hasn't played any preseason games. So you got, you got a guy here that he's a gopher today, but he, he's a big physical receiver that has some traits that are similar to the veteran DeAndre Hopkins. Another guy that's coming off an injury that I think we're both anticipating to play in this game for the Titans is the 2021 Pro Bowl player, Harold Landry, who was, I think, picked with the second-round pick in 2018, had a kind of slow start to his career, and then exploded onto the scene with 12 sacks in 2021. He tore his ACL after signing a really big extension with the Titans. Didn't play at all in 2022. He's listed as questionable today, but I saw a report from NFL insider Jordan Schultz that he's expected to play. What are your kind of your thoughts on him returning from that ACL injury? Yeah, when he was coming out, uh, I had him ranked as a first-round pick. I, I thought he was a really good edge pass rusher, a guy that was quick. Uh, he's explosive. Uh, he needed to get some strength because he seemed to be a guy that, to slow him down, you ran right at him, and it slowed him down. But uh, you're right. He exploded onto the scene in 2021, and then, he has the ACL injury and wasn't available last year. Lost for the entire season. It really hurt their edge pass rush because they were really counting on him to be that guy. Uh, he's come back. He is questionable, but from every indication, looks as though Harold will play today. And, you know, so that's another pressure point there. And they're going to come off the edge with Harold and Arden Key. You know, and for people around here, we know Arden Key was at LSU and had a great start to his college career and then trailed off. And then he was, became a bit of a journeyman uh, in the league, kind of bouncing around. I thought last year he did a really nice job for the Jaguars. Uh, someone told him he would get a long-term deal with Jacksonville. I suspect that guy was his head coach, Doug Peterson. Uh, but the GM didn't think that way. And he's become a real leader uh, for the Titans this year on defense. A vocal guy, much more polished player. And that's quite a tandem coming off the edge now with Harold Landry and Arden Key. And consider, you know, what else you got up front with Tart, Danico Autry, and that bad man in the middle. Jeffrey Simmons. <laughs> Mike, yeah, you, you were going in the exact direction I was heading there, talking LSU. Obviously, you mentioned Arden Key there. Uh, what's your thoughts on Christian Fulton now heading into, what, year three or four? Yeah, he's been a disappointment up until this year. He's had a ton of injuries, and uh, he has flashed some really good potential as a, uh, as a pass cover corner. Uh, he, he's really tight in coverage, does a nice job in press coverage, and that's what Rabel wants. 
And I thought he was really playing well this preseason. Training camp, all indications are he had his best training camp ever. And uh, we've seen it. He, he can be a really good football player. The question mark is, can Christian stay healthy? He's a ball hawk. He finds the football quickly in flight. I can't teach that. And no one else can. Either you can do it or you can't. But he had the ability to quickly kind of turn his head at the right moment and find the football in flight. And he's been praised by the uh, Titans coaching staff for doing the exact same thing. He's a guy they're really counting on uh, because of the fact that's been a weak spot for the Titans. And, you know, we talked about this on Sports Talk, uh, Steve, that, man, I don't remember a team that was the best rush defense defense in the NFL and 32nd in pass defense. Now, I've seen them like 28-29, but you the tops in one end and the bottom on the other. There is a little correlation, but, you know, Mike has always kind of put the premise on this. I'm going to figure out something to stop the run. But we need some personnel upgrades to help us in the secondary. Christian Fulton's healthy. He's a nice addition there. And then they go out and get Sean Bunting Murphy uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, to land the other corner spot. Kevin Byard's a really good player, too. But people that haven't really watched the Titans, Kevin Byard, man, he's, I think he's entering his eighth season in this league, and he is a really, really good safety for them. But you know what? I'm going after him. Uh, I, you, I got to have you prove to me you can cover my guys. And last year, they gave up a ton of chunk plays through the passing game. Yeah, so looking at that secondary, it's obviously vulnerable, Mike. I think we'd all agree. But, I mean, Bayard's the one standout guy back there. He's a two-time All-Pro. He's got 27 interceptions in his eight-year career. He's just been very stout uh, with the Titans throughout his time there. But, I mean, kind of looking at that matchup, it seems like the biggest key to this game is if that offensive line can give Derek Carr time. Chris Olave, Jawan Johnson, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed, all these guys can have a field day against this Titans secondary, right? Yeah, that's a big if, though, Charlie. Oh, it um, is. Yeah, that, that's the big if. Can you do it against that defensive front? Because, to be honest, that's the strength of their team is it, up front, uh, that front seven. And I think that they, they understand that this team's a little different. Even Jeffrey Simmons brought it up a couple of weeks back about how good of a player Alvin Kamara is. And that, you know, just on, you know, he's not going to play. And Simmons is like, well, I'm not going to shed a lot of tears about that. I know how good he is. No, Jeffrey Simmons does not give those type of accolades to many people. He went on and on about Alvin Kamara and how much he means to that football team. We got to see a big dose of Jamal Williams today as a runner and a receiver. And, you know, we've talked about this for weeks. Same thing, Taysom Hill. He's got to play a big part in this offense as a runner uh, because the Titans, if you think you can just throw the football every down, that's not going to work. you got to be able to protect Derek Carr and give him some time to throw it. 
Mike Rabel has been really good, and he's won a lot of games in this league by scheming a certain defense to get pressure. We all remember that playoff game a few years back. Man, they beat the stew out of Joe Burrow. What it was, like nine sacks. I think he got eight other times he got hit. And, you know, it ended up being Tannehill throwing an interception late that set up a field goal by McPherson to win it for him. The Saints got a pass protect today. It is the key to that success because they're not going to run the football well on the Titans. So you've got to be able to pass protect, give Derek some time that he can find Michael Thomas and Olave and Rashid Shaheed and I think the most improved offensive player from a year ago, Jawan Johnson. So kind of looking at that pass protection, Mike, I, I mean, the Titans defensive line, you said it's the strength of their team. I completely agree that bad man, Jeffrey Simmons, Tierra Tart, and Nico Autry, I, that is just a vicious front, and especially in the middle. And so you're looking at the South the Saints matchup. They recently extended just yesterday, Cesar Ruiz, the right guard to a four-year, $44 million deal. This is where he kind of needs to make a statement, I think. The, the Saints paid him that yeah. money. I, I mean, because we've talked about it, Mike, Cesar Ruiz, I... I don't know how much I trust him in this game. I, I, in fact, agree with you that it's the biggest question mark. I don't think it's a good matchup for the Saints at all. Um, But if he can step up and have a big game and protect Derek Carr, then I'll start to feel a little bit better about that contract early on. But I I just want to get your thoughts on the Ruiz contract and then his matchup today and how big it is for him. Yeah, I agreed with the Saints not extending him, okay? Fifth-year option. I, I, I got that, a particular part. My thing is, Go out, have a big season, and then I give you the extension. Agreed. They, they did it before the season happened. Uh, now, if you want to believe and uh, kind of regurgitate everything pro football focus gives you uh, on it, uh, my thing, I've seen games that Ruiz hasn't played well, and they got him one of the top two-ranked guards in the league. And my thing is, come on. Uh, my eyes don't deceive me on that particular part. Now, Ruiz has made improvements. I do say that from earlier in his career. But I was surprised, even though we had heard a lot of rumors, they were talking that the extension wouldn't come until after the year. Man, it's a big game for him because look who you're going against. You're going against a really, really good interior lineman. And listen, next week, it ain't going to be any easier. You can take Derek Brown. Uh, you know, and he's playing for a contract too. So I'm just telling you, that's a lot of pressure on the Saints guards today. Um, the way they do this with the Titans, because they want to blow up the middle. They want to blow it up uh, with Tart, with Jeffrey Simmons, and uh, also Danico Autry, who I think is one of the most underrated players in this league puts a lot of pressure on your centers and guards and then you got Landry and Arden Key coming off the edge you know to go up against either Ramchek or Trevor Penning and you know we can talk about Ruiz but I think it's a huge game too for Trevor Penning you know coming off that foot injury he gets an opportunity to start you know that the Titans want to test him they, they want to test him to see how well he'll pass protect. But the Ruiz contract, okay, you can uh, train camp, all this other stuff. 
man, you, that surprised me he got it before the season started. I knew that they were talking, but I thought if the extension came, it would have been after this season. Mike, again, we are in sync because that's exactly where I was going. You mentioned Trevor Penning there uh, heading into his season, the big guy out of northern Iowa, 19th overall pick for this Saints squad. A lot of questions, though, still, still around this guy. We know we've heard tons about him being that run mauler in the trenches, but can he be this guy now that holds up in pass protection? It's going to be huge today, too. Uh, to see from him against this Titans front. What what are your overall impressions from Penning and what you've seen from him at least? Okay, just having watched him and watched him in training camp, he he handles the edge stuff pretty good. Uh, and he's gotten better with sinking his hips and bending his knees. I, I thought he was a little bit of a waist bender. And... You can you can get caught doing that because the way you built, you're so tall. You, now, having watched him in training camp and in preseason, when he gets beat, it's with a hard inside move. In essence, they set him up. They give you a couple of good hard edge rushes, and then set him up to clip it inside. So he's got to be careful here. That if I see it so do the Titans, that that's how they're going to try to set him up in that, okay, you got a guy to give you a couple of edge rushes off the corner, and then all of a sudden he gives you a real hard inside move and try to get you to your inside where he's had some difficulties at time adjusting to that guy after a, a move or two. Then he kips him inside. And, and it's all about his footwork and how well he can progress from that. I think he's got a lot of talent. And there is no question about his run-blocking skills. He's physical. He's focused. He's a tough guy. He knows how to move people off the point of attack. It's how quickly all this comes to him as a pass protector. And, come on, we all see the, this in training camp. He doesn't get a lot of reps. No one does. And I think that's the one thing I get. You want to try to have some safety and you want to protect the players in training camp and in preseason. But how can you get better as a lineman if it's not physical? Okay. I I don't know how that happens. That's why sometimes development of an offensive lineman takes longer today than ever before. You're just not getting the reps from a physical standpoint to understand the pro game is different than college football, especially from a pass protection standpoint. So, yeah, um, he's got a lot of eyes on him. And also what happens alongside him. Because, okay, if it's Andrews, Pete, or James Hurst, I think that they want to kind of their right side they feel like they can win that battle against the Saints' left side. Mike, kind of staying on the lines real quick, I, just looking at kind of the overhaul on the defensive line in the offseason, there's a lot of new faces there, not a lot of new players entering training camp. It was my biggest position of concern was what was going to happen there, but they kind of quelled that a little bit with their play in preseason and obviously training camp and stuff like that. What's a new If the Saints are going to dominate this game on the defensive line, 
outside of Cam Jordan, which of those new faces do you expect to have a big game? Nathan Shepard. Uh, we have not seen a lot of him, uh, but, man, he impresses me, Charlie. He's yeah. a big man who can get off the snap quickly, and he, he's a quick penetration guy. I mean, he comes off that snap really fast. And so for the Titans, who are struggling, even worse than the Saints are along the offensive line, he's going to be a load. And, again, in designated pass rush situations, Ryan Brzee, I think, will give him that inside move, too. But just like I said about Juwan Johnson being the most improved offensive player on this team from a year ago, the most improved defensive player, Malcolm Roach. I tell you, Malcolm, uh, I saw him in high school. He was a defensive end. He played defensive end, stand-up defensive end at Texas, outside linebacker, defensive tackle. Now he's playing on the nose with the Saints. He has made a lot of improvements, and certainly a lot of that is some work he's done in the offseason with uh, former LSU and uh, Minnesota Vikings defensive tackle Henry Thomas and Pete Jenkins, uh, the 82-year-old defensive line coach, maybe the greatest of all time, and working with him with his hands and his movement skills. Malcolm, uh, I'm telling you, he looks like a totally different player. And I'm with you, Charlie. My biggest concern was offensive line, but after that, it would have been the defensive line. That's not as big a concern for me anymore, especially in the interior. Agreed. My thing is, who's going to give you the edge pressure? Because in training camp and preseason, that guy other than Cam Jordan has been Carl Grandison. It's been Carl. Peyton Turner's had a, a, had a, a solid camp, but the guy day in, day out, man, he comes with the lunch pail bucket and he gives it to you, has been Carl Grandison. He's done a really, really good job. So I feel much better about their defensive front today than what I did back in July. Mike D., always appreciate the insight and information. Be hearing from you more on the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff coming up at 10 a.m. All right. See you guys there. Thanks, Mike. That was Mike D.'s Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. You're listening to The First Take right here on WWL Saints Radio. Be back after this. So I just want to kind of emphasize something that Mike Dettelier said in that last segment with our interview the defensive line was a huge concern for me entering training camp, but they've kind of eased those you know, nerves, at least with their play in the preseason and also uh, during training camp. Looking at the interior defensive line specifically, I mean, you lose David Onyemata, you lose Shai Tuttle, but then you go out and you sign Colin Saunders from the Chiefs and Nathan Shepard from the Jets. Mike said it the best. I think Nathan Shepard is that guy to watch for a potentially really big game. But then also the backups, Malcolm Roach. I mean, when you were listening to Cam Jordan talk earlier in training camp, he was so complimentary of guys like Carl Granderson, Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, as I was saying, Peyton Turner for coming out. And he's, he's expected to have a really big season as well behind Carl Granderson so far. But he might move up that depth chart if he continues to perform. But Malcolm Roach was the guy that Cam singled out as having one of the best training camps of any interior defensive lineman that he's ever seen so that's huge I think that I have very high expectations for Malcolm Roach behind Colin Saunders and then the rookie first round pick Brian Bercy Steve I don't know about you but I'm not feeling that bad about this defensive line anymore regardless of all the changes that were made 
No, like you said, the the biggest thing was the change of faces around there. They brought in a lot of uh, nice talent there. A guy like Malcolm Roach, though, you mentioned, has really been one of the standouts he stepped during up. training camp. Yeah, you, you saw that uh, progression with him, and you, you love to see that, obviously, with the guys that, you know, you're developing uh, in-house. A guy like that, to me, on the other side of the, the, the ball, too. Defensive end Carl, Carl Granderson has been one of those guys that you see steadily developing each and every year. He's on the field. Get into our Oakland Hard Jewelers Rolex time check, folks. Three hours and five minutes till our noon kickoff inside the Caesar Superdome. Wrapping up the first hour first take here. Then it'll be the Bud Light countdown to kickoff coming up at 10 a.m. with a noon kickoff inside the Superdome between the Titans and Saints. Back with more right here on WWL after this. Welcome back into First Take, closing the uh, first hour out before we get into the second hour. We'll be plenty of sound getting to Jimmy Graham, Tyron Matthew, Derek Carr, Demario Davis, who spoke this week in the Saints locker room leading up to this big matchup. Uh, Charlie, I know with uh, this game, there's, we're going to be getting into also two next hour, a lot of fantasy football talk. You have any Saints on your roster heading into this week? No, I, I really wanted to get Olave. So I had the first pick in my draft, and then it was a 12-man league, and I was hoping that I'd be able to get Olave on that wheel. But I'm in a draft with Saints fans, so Olave went in the second round before I could snag him. So unfortunately, no. He was the main guy I was targeting, and then I was hoping maybe Jawan Johnson is like a late-round sleeper. That didn't work out either. Once again, I'm in a draft with Saints fans. Everyone knows about this guy. He's going to break out into the scene. But we'll talk a little bit more in the next hour about some fantasy guys uh, for the Saints that could have big games today. Definitely be hearing from us and more of you, Hoodads, on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870. Back after this on WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.